Welcome to The Spread, Manure Manager's monthly podcast. Together with leading experts, we're bringing you the most pressing topics in nutrient management as we aim to grow the industry together through knowledge, innovation, and collaboration. Manure Manager is North America's source for manure handling insights. Visit manuremanager.com slash subscribe to receive the latest industry information straight to your inbox or mailbox. Welcome back to The Spread, the manure and nutrient management focused podcast brought to you by Manure Manager. I'm your host, Manure Manager Editor, Bree Rohde. Today we're talking about pricing manure. Now, if you're a grower yourself, no one needs to tell you the commercial fertilizer prices are way up this year. And if you have manure, particularly solid manure, you probably know that this spells opportunity for you. But if you're new to selling manure, or if you haven't sold it in a while, pricing can be a tricky topic. So today, we've brought in two experts, Rhonda Miller with Utah State University and Leslie Johnson with Nebraska Extension. And they're going to give us the goods on how to value your manure. That starts with knowing your manure. What do you track? How do you evaluate? Rhonda and Leslie will let us in on how they get to know their manure, how they value it, and more. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome back to The Spread, everybody. And today I am chatting with Rhonda Miller from Utah State University. Rhonda, welcome to The Spread. Thank you. Well, um, we'll get right into it. So as we're speaking about um, valuing, uh, valuing manure in this time when you know commercial fertilizer prices are very high, if you are a farmer and you're looking to potentially sell your manure to other farmers to apply instead of fertilizer, what are some things you should make sure you know about your manure before just you know, selling it willy-nilly? There's two really important things. First, you need to know your nutrient management or nutrient content of that manure. So whether you're using it for yourself or giving or selling it, you actually are supposed to provide a nutrient content analysis with that manure and you are supposed to document it. So I would have the manure analyzed so you have that. And then if you are selling or giving it away, anytime you transfer it off of your property, you should have a record of that. So you should have the facility that provided the manure, the entity that's receiving the manure, you should have that documented with the date and the amount and documenting that you provided that nutrient content so that they could apply the manure appropriately. And our CAFOs, permitted CAFOs are required to do that, but all of our AFOs are really supposed to do that. And if you were ever inspected, you need those records. That's a great thing to remember. Um, now I'm gonna ask a question that sounds a little 101, but uh, for some farmers that maybe have never um, you know, worried about selling or giving away their manure uh, who are not used to getting it tested or analyzed. Can you tell us a little bit about how long that um, that takes, what the process is like, just so they understand what to make time and space for? So if you're getting a solid manure sample, you know, you're going to want to probably get about a quart bag, freeze it preferably, ship it. Um, I would highly recommend that you have a like an NAPT test certified lab that you're sending it to, but that's that's up to you. Um, expect it to take two to three weeks probably to get that analysis back. If it's a liquid manure sample and that you're not likely to be shipping different places, but that re requires slightly different processes for getting it back. But 
um, wherever the lab is, they should have instructions on the quantity and how to transport that sample to them. Excellent. So what are some factors that people might not realize can change the properties uh, or affect the properties and thus the value of their manure, whether it's things like weather, temperature, what are some things that people need to remember might alter their manure? So first is really just the storage system that you have and, and how long you're storing it. Is it, you know, are you removing it every few months? Are you letting it sit there for a year or two or three years? You're going to lose a lot of that nitrogen as it sits there. If you agitate it quite a bit, you know, if you're mixing things, you will lose more of that nitrogen. And then also if it's covered or exposed to the elements, even in our dry climate in the West, we will still get leaching, especially with the snow melt in Northern Utah. But, and further East, especially if they have a lot of rainfall, they will get a lot of leaching on that. So the nitrogen is the nutrient that you really need to worry about. Okay. And then the other one that they, most people probably don't think about is just the carbon content of that manure. Do you have bedding in it or not? And the carbon content of the manure also varies by the livestock species, the diet that they're fed. But if you include bedding with your manure, that carbon actually will help bind things up more and it will prevent a lot of the gaseous losses and a lot of the leaching losses. And so having bedding or a carbon bedding, source bedding in with your manure will help preserve more than nitrogen. Great. Uh, now, lastly, like you said, um, it's important to have detailed records of your manure and know what's going on because safety regulations inspections are all extremely important. Um, if perhaps you are someone who hasn't been diligent about that in the past, what are some daily, weekly, monthly habits you should develop as quickly as possible to make sure that everything is kind of stay, you're staying on top of everything, whether or not you intend to sell your manure, just as good practices? So really the big thing is that you can document that you're utilizing any nutrients appropriately. So if you're utilizing them on your farm, you should have records of the yields that you've gotten, but then you should be testing your manure at least annually, once a year. You should be testing your soil to make sure that you know how, much, how many nutrients are needed for your soil and the crops that you want to grow. At a minimum, you need to do that and you need to document the amount of manure that was applied and when, and you're supposed to document the weather conditions, but absolutely you need to get, have the, how much and when you apply that to the, to the field. Um, you're also supposed to incorporate that manure within three days. So I would be documenting that. Um, just if you have a lagoon, you're supposed to be inspecting the free, you're checking the freeboard weekly. If you have a dairy and have water lines, you're supposed to be checking them daily. And so there's a lot of records besides just the manure management side that you should be checking. Mm -hmm. Just in, in general, as our Division of Water Quality says that has reported that over 85% of the farms when they inspect them do not have adequate records. So it's a problem across the board. So. It sounds like it. And I actually wanted to uh, come back to you said it's ideal to or it's necessary to test manure and soil at least once a year. And uh, like you, I live in an area where the weather and the seasons just vary greatly. Um, so is there an ideal time of year or even a, an ideal time in your like manure application cycle to test both your manure and your soil? 
So ideally, you it depends some on how long you've been in operation, but if you have no clue, it's best if you can test it basically just right before you want to apply it. You, you don't want to test it and then let it sit there another six months because you're likely to lose a lot of that nitrogen. Okay. Um, after you've been doing it a while, you may well know pretty much what to expect and you might test it right as you're actually applying that manure and then you can make adjustments as you go along for the next year. But initially you should probably have it tested right before you apply it and, and have those results before you're applying that manure. Either that or applying it at a much lower rate so that you, you aren't over applying it. Excellent. Well, that was all the questions we had for you. Did you have any last uh, little nuggets of advice you wanted to give before we, uh, before we say goodbye? Um, so one of the big things I would like to point out is that most people fail to credit the manure and the value of that organic matter that it adds, especially in the West. Our soils are relatively undeveloped, and so they, we don't have those nice, big, deep topsoil layers like you see in the Midwest. We'll have a few inches of topsoil, and most of that, our topsoil is really low in organic matter content. By adding the manure, we can help build up that organic matter content, and that helps our soil retain a lot more of the nutrients. Helps it retain the positive and negatively charged nutrients that we need. It helps it hold more water. It helps promote a better soil aggregate structure, so we get better water infiltration. So it's I think that's probably the biggest thing that people fail to account for is just how much good that additional organic matter can do for them. Of course. Thank you so much, uh, Rhonda Miller from Utah State University. Great. Thank you. Welcome back, everyone. I am here with Leslie Johnson. She is a manure educator with Nebraska Extension. Leslie, welcome to the spread. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for coming. And I'm so excited today to talk about this because it seems like the hottest topic right now is the value of uh, commercial fertilizers, the prices rising and kind of what effects that is having on the manure industry. So can you paint us a picture right now in you know Nebraska, late January of what uh, commercial fertilizer prices are looking like and how that's affecting farmers in your area? Well, I actually just talked to somebody today and they said that they're finally coming down, uh, but they're still crazy high here. Um, so I, I guess I haven't looked for the last week or so about what that price actually is, but it's quite a bit higher than what our regular price would be. I'd, I'd honestly have to look it back up because I don't remember off the top of my head what it was. But it sounds like it's still having a major impact. So obviously that means that could mean really good news for livestock farmers who have excess manure and might be uh, looking to sell. Uh, and one thing I know is super interesting, and you've written about this with Manure Manager, is there's things in your manure that can kind of very tangibly and clearly affect the dollar value of manure. But there are also some intangibles that are a little bit tougher to kind of have a straightforward calculation. So can you tell me about kind of how you look to understand the difference and how you look to evaluate the value of manure. 
Sure. So the numbers, the ones that you can put a number on are those actual nutrients. So the nitrogen, the phosphorus, the potassium, any micronutrient, you can put an actual dollar value on that because you can compare commercial fertilizer prices and how much it is per pound. Now you don't want to go by the tonnage because that's not going to give you a relative number, but um, price per pound of that nutrient, of the actual nutrient in the fertilizer will help you get that get to that number for manure. The things that aren't so easy to put a number on are the soil health benefits, um, which can lead to better water quality. You know, here in Nebraska, it's really common to hear that uh, solid manures, uh, because that's what we primarily have, really can improve soil water infiltration. So those big rainfall events it can infiltrate the soil instead of running off. And manure is really good at building that, uh, those aggregates that allow for that better infiltration. So that's one of the big ones that's really good and that really can improve water quality downstream. Um, and then of course it maintains that water, that soil water that you're gonna need to grow that crop. So that's pretty big for farmers. Uh, one of the other things is <laughs> it's a local source. Uh, you don't have to haul it in from anywhere. It's most likely if you're using manure, it's from your neighbors down the road or your own manure. Uh, and so it's a local source. It's not having to be trucked across the, across the US or even out overseas. Uh, so it's something that's local. So you're kind of completing that circle. Most likely at some point, those nutrients were applied to a crop that was then fed to the animals. Uh, and that those animals then excreted the manure that you're putting back on the field. So it just creates this beautiful circle. Um, yes, I did say beautiful in manure in the same sentence. It is though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the other one is that if for fields that haven't received manure on a regular basis, we often see a yield bump. Um, so you'll get a little bit more yield. We don't exactly understand where this comes from, but we're thinking it probably has to do with the microbial life that you provide with that manure that comes along with that manure um, that makes those nutrients avail more available um, when the crop needs it. With that bump, I know you said you don't exactly know where it comes from, but do you have a ballpark about of about how much that increase can be or is it a little bit all over the map? It's kind of all over the map. It really depends on your feel. The longer it's been since you've had manure, I would say the bigger that bump is. But oh. every field is different. Every soil is different. It's so hard to guess that number. I would not even try to put a number on it. Of course. Um, so now with all those different intangibles uh, that are affecting uh, the value of manure, I know that Nebraska, as well as University of Minnesota, have uh, created um, calculators to help farmers determine the value of their manure and their nutrients. Uh, can you explain a little bit about how this works? So what we have here in Nebraska is an Excel tool, um, just because that's how we built it years ago. And it really uses the nutrient value to set that number uh, but it does fact give you a chance to put in what you think you might get out of the yield bump so you might have an idea of what you have if we've you if you've used manure on a different field in the past and seen that yield bump you can put that number in there and allow you to factor that in a little bit it also allows you to put in the cost of transportation and allows you to put in your own commercial fertilizer prices so you can really get a good um, 
an actual value of that of those nutrients for your area. And you've also said that uh, transportation as well as application costs will, of course, affect things. So you got to be careful to not overprice. About how much will those might those add on, or what? How what's a good way for people to kind of look at the price and then be conservative and maybe adjust? Oh, application costs and transport is really all over the board. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's because people know that that manure has a lot of value. And so they feel like they can charge more. Um, it, the drier your manure, the less the transportation should cost because it's going to be least heavy for per pound of nutrient that you're getting. Mm -hmm. So um, that that would be one way of figuring it. Cost of liquid manure application and transport is probably going to be higher the further you go away. You're not probably going to go very far with that, but um, solid manure, you can afford to apply it a lot further away than what you can liquid. Now, uh, listeners know that I've never worked on a farm myself. I'm just a simple reporter. <laughs> um, and so I'm curious, uh, is there kind of, uh, when it comes to transporting manure that you may have sold, is there kind of a maximum safe distance that transporting and moving manure is... Um, is recommended so i think some places have that mm -hmm. we trying to bust that bubble a little bit here in nebraska and trying to push it a little bit further because we're seeing areas particularly directly around farms where they've had manure applied for years and years and years and years um, and they're really excessive phosphorus levels which is becoming a bigger problem in this state and i know it's a huge problem as you go east here in the US. Um, and so we're trying to push that envelope and say, really consider those other benefits of manure. Think about transporting it further. I would guess, I mean, we've calculated it out for a couple of different times and found that 10 miles is totally not unheard of. Now for solid manure, for liquid manure, 10 miles is completely unheard of, uh, <laughs> at least in this neck of the woods. But, uh, you know, it, I would say really weigh what that cost is, what you can get it hauled to that field versus what those nutrients are, and then whether or not you can get a lot of benefit from the manure. Of course. Now we might have some uh, farmers listening who are looking to work with manure their first time or uh, their first time maybe in a couple of years. So as we close this out, do you have any words of encouragement or anything uh, that can help them get excited about working with manure? I would just say go for it. It's well worth it. Um, it's, it is a learning curve because some of those nutrients are going to be coming available over time and not going to be available immediately, mm -hmm. but you're going to get them over a number of years. And so it is a very good product to work with and you'll definitely get some of those intrinsic benefits. Well, we're obviously a very pro manure podcast, so we thank you very much for your advice and your encouragement. Thank you, Leslie Johnson. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much to Leslie and Rhonda. That just about does it for the spread. I've been your host, Bree Rohde, and thanks for listening in.